A new special counsel is investigating former President Trump, and again, there's a veil of secrecy over the whole thing. Download and subscribe to my daily podcast. Hear me get right into the news of the day. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey folks, Dana Lash here for Recoil Gunworks. Not only do they have competitive pricing, but right now they're giving all of you out there $20 off of any order of $100 or more. And that makes this a great time to stock up before the end of 2022. So visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana and you can use promo code Dana to receive $20 off of any order of $100 or more. Now this offer is only good for a short time and Recoil Gunworks is your web-based firearms, ammo, and accessories retailer, family-owned. And of course, they think like you. They're really well known for their uh, refurbishments, their police trading guns, all in great shape. And you can buy now, pay later with no interest. And I said they have competitive pricing. It's also incredibly easy to use. You can search by caliber, weight, application, and brand. Uh, And of course, they have ammo shipped right to your door where legal, including Illinois, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And you can check out the product restrictions page for further info on all of the state law restrictions. So visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana today, get a full list of products and use promo code Dana to receive $20 off of any order of $100 or more. Whether you need it in the woods or on the range, Recoil Gunworks gets it there fast. Right now, get $20 off when you use promo code Dana on any $100 order or more at recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. That's recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. The way that I think about it is, you know, like relay racing, you know, you race and someone passes the baton and then, right? So that's what life is. It's basically a relay race. And so the people who are heroes, whichever gender they are, they ran their part of the race and then they passed us a baton. And the question is, what will we do with the time we carry the baton? which means there's no time to get tired, come on, right? You're gonna pass that baton at some point, but right now you're carrying it. And the question is, what are you doing with it? Persons, I mean, heaven forbid you even, I'm so tired of everything being so politically correct. You can't even have like a normal conversation. You have to speak in Lewis Carroll-ese and then, then you have to have an interpreter because nobody knows what the hell you're talking about. Welcome to the show, it's thanks giving eve eve actually it's the great it's the eve of the great pie making in my house anyway so it's good to be with you and uh this this will be our thanksgiving show together as well but we're gonna get you set up because i kind of have a first off dana lash good to be with you top of our very first hour here on this tuesday and the reason i feel like i i i want to ease you into what's going to be coming in december because golly if we have a rail strike which I talked about yesterday. Actually, I've been talking about it regularly for quite some time. And I said yesterday it was a midterm bait and switch, which it was. I'm glad to see other people recognizing that. Uh, but it's it was absolutely a midterm bait and switch. And now we're in this wonderful little position where we may or may not have. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Does anybody know they don't? Nobody knows. We're just kind of waiting and seeing. Because the wage increase and everything else, I just think all of that stuff needs to go along with what the market dictates. I don't know anything about railroads except Democrats love them. My stepdad used to work on a railroad. He was uh, a switchman. He worked, I don't even know what that is, but he worked on a railroad for a really long time. But 
I don't, I, I mean, it's, we depend on them. That's all I know. How do you let it get to this position, too? Why are you looking like that? It's your Cheshire cat face. It's what are you doing? Because you asked the question that actually relies on Democrats being integrous in their duties as government officials. It just kind of makes me laugh. <laughs> you look you look amused. Like <laughs> just so this um the the latest with this, and like I said, they're apparent I mean apparently this all's gonna this all could break down. I mean, right in December, right as the big shipping month starts, then you have what, Amazon laying off or getting rid of ten thousand people. I'm just saying, I hope that you guys got your stuff prepared. That's all I'm saying. Is that an understatement? I just maybe it's the best time if you've never shopped local to start. Just saying. I always try to. I always try to out of spite on Christmas, just because I feel like I don't want to big box anything. So we uh, that's some of the latest that we have. We're also going to get into some media today. Uh, media malpractice. There's still God help us all. Uh, some races still not called for midterms. You've, you're kidding me. I'm going to just jump off my roof now. Bye, guys. It's 14 days since the election. Just FYI. I'm just I think all of the people who should be fired, just all of the pe- just good grief. I've seen uh, horses count better than this. I'm just, it's, it's not hard, guys. It's not hard. Not hard. All right. So the latest. So we have that. We have the midterm stuff. We also have uh, I got a lot of media malpractice, some wokery energy and so much more. So a lot of stuff to hit. And there's some really good pieces coming out on the newsletter over at Substack, chapter and verse. You need to check that out. We're going to talk about some of that as well. So here's, you know, the the administration keeps telling people that they're eligible for the student loan forgiveness that they ended. I'm really confused about this. So hold up. This, this is a very interesting piece. The administration, because remember, they... Had the what? Didn't they close the website for a while? And then they were telling people, "Don't try to apply because we're closing this, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Well, now they begin apparently telling people who applied for student loan forgiveness that the last on Saturday last weekend that their request had been greenlit because it's the reason it shut down is because they, they were going through the court system. They were going through the court system. They were having this, and they knew that that's how it was going to be. That's sort of their M.O. They do it first, and then they ask whether or not it's legal after the fact. That's the whole point. And so they, they started, oh, well, don't worry if you don't immediately receive an email. More are coming. That is what the Education Secretary, Miguel Cardona, said. Said more are coming. Huh. Well, Well, then why are you... I mean, it's all on hold. Why did you reopen the site to start taking all of this information so that you... And then here's the rub. So now, this whole situation of going to the website and filling all your stuff out, the education secretary, he said, oh yeah, they do want to give us the money. The mean courts are in the way. Uh, But... Also, they just just go ahead and fill all this stuff out. Get put all your data in this form. That there were a couple, there were some questions about this. So it seems like just speculating. They're promising you student loan money that'll likely never arrive, or for quote unquote forgiveness. But yet they're just getting all your data 
and uh, saving all your data for a rainy day. Is that even legal? If you're using it as a data collection tool? You're asking the entity that actually creates laws. Yeah, but it's like it's for political. I mean, how much do you want to bet that all these people that were filling this stuff out? They're going to be getting like texts like, have you vote? Have you voted for Beto running in another losing race again? Like sometime in the future. Absolutely is what's happening. I mean, you're where do they what are they doing with all this information if it actually is not being used because it's been found to be unconstitutional and so the courts are not allowing it to so where is it i know i'm asking questions that normal people would ask but see this is a program that is not run by normal people it's run by the government so they're they sent this letter out this is how miguel cardona says it he goes he says we've reviewed your application have determined that you're eligible for loan relief under the plan and then p is just randomly capitalized you know, it's the plan. We have sent this approval on to your loan servicer. You do not need to take any further action. Unfortunately, a number of lawsuits from those damn devil Republicans. Okay, he didn't say that part. But he said, unfortunately, a number of lawsuits have been filed challenging the program, which have blocked our ability to discharge your debt as present. Can I just stop there? Discharge it into space, right? To where it affects no one. Everyone's happy. Just It just disappears. It's like magic for toddlers. We believe strongly that the lawsuits are meritless. Oh, you do believe? You believe? Mm, you know what? That's a sign at Hobby Lobby for Christmas, not an actual policy that the U.S. government should have. And the Department of Justice has appealed on our behalf. Blah, blah, blah. Brr, brr, brr. Give us your data. I may have just from the first blah, just kind of... You know, it's abridged, but you get the idea. So that sounds super shady. I mean, there are people that I, in the street, who will offer to wash your car, your windshield that I trust more than this. Not going to lie. That's kind of nuts. So it's a data mining program. That's all this whole damn thing is. It's a whole scheme. Just wondering. Just, I mean, I'm... Is there going to be any, this is something, I don't know, maybe Republicans could look into. You know, in Congress, instead of, I'm going to be Speaker of the House, I'm going to be Speaker of the, and then everybody fights over it. And then, I don't know, I should, I'm trying to be nice because I don't want to start off on the wrong, yeah, I do. I'm not going to lie, what am I kidding? (laughs) And by now, have people not seen over the past two years how the government has completely lied to them about virtually, I'd like to find out what they've told the truth about. Well, the you last know, two years. I mean, the same government that told you vitamin D doesn't do squat. And then they came out the other day and were like, actually, vitamin D is super helpful. The same government that was like, don't take that horse medicine, ivermectin. And then the CDC quietly issued a little story the other day. Actually, it does pretty good at <laughs> treating the symptoms. I mean, the same government that told you all this stuff is now like, go ahead and give us your info for college. Scott, we're, we're just going to discharge your debt. The info is going to be in this lockbox that we had left over conveniently after we spent all your social security go ahead and give us your data trust us us. that's a terrifying thing now fauci is like speaking right now right god help us all i just you know there's (sighs) do i want to play it I'm in a mood. Do I want to? Because this is his uh, farewell tour, isn't it? Is it, though? Yeah, I mean, Elton John says that all these concerts are his last ones, and yeah. then he's like, not really. 
Well, that's, enter- that's entertainment. Go ahead. Let's hear Hoggle. Go ahead. <laughs> let's hear it. I'm, I'm in a labyrinth mood. Let's play it. So we know it's safe. We know that it is effective. So my message and my final message, maybe the final message I give you from this podium, <laughs> is that please, for your own safety, for that of your family, get your updated COVID-19 shot. Why? For what? What purpose? It doesn't prevent anything. Well, because all the cool kids are doing it. I see no cool kids here, sir. I see a bunch of dorks. Where? What are you? Just calling it like I see it, man. Where? You guys are going to be glad that you're sitting by me today. I'm going to tell you something else. We're, in a, we're all in a saucy mood. I'm just, he's, he's, got, he's got all kinds of, there's some fun audio. For instance, he, he kept saying, get your updated shot. He was saying, God gave you two arms. God also gave me two fists, Kane. That's so funny. That was uh, John, what's his name, the White House COVID coordinator? Uh-huh. And I also have two very fascinating middle digits on each hand. You want to hear that? Yeah. Go ahead and do it. Play it. Let's do it. Under so Huckleberry. don't wait. Get your COVID shot. Get your flu shot. That's why God gave you two arms. You can one in each arm if you want. Go to vaccines.gov and let's do everything we all can to protect the American people. What does it do? It doesn't do a th- damn thing. Do you like some myocarditis? Come get it. I mean, what does it oh man, I'm. I, what is it? Does it look? If you want to get your shot, I'm not going to sit here and make fun of people who want to get it because they believe in it. I recommend. But hey, wait a minute it, before you do. Psst, come over here. Look at my bag, because I got some crystals here. Look, this one's a pink one, and I hear it has healing properties. If you rub it on your face, and then you put Vicks on your middle toe, you're totally not ever going to get sick. That's how it works. It's true. Why are you laughing at my science, Kane? Black Rifle Coffee Company is helping you knock out your holiday shopping. If you have a coffee lover on your shopping list, Black Rifle has the best coffee brewing gear, thermoses, mugs, and apparel, all designed for folks who love America. Stuff your stockings with all of the highest-grade American roasted coffee and become a holiday hero by joining the Black Rifle Coffee Club. Set your coffee delivery schedule to your exact preferences, and it arrives at your door with no shipping fees. It's the gift that just keeps on giving. Looking for a patriotic gear and apparel for your friends and family? Be sure to check out all of Black Rifle's new clothing designs. Veteran-founded and run, Black Rifle Coffee Company takes pride in serving coffee and culture to people who love America. And each purchase you make helps support veteran and first responder causes. Head over to BlackRifleCoffee.com Dana to find my favorites and get all of the best merch, coffee, and apparel in time for the holidays. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com Dana. BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. The Pfizer boss now claims that his the company's coronavirus, air quotes, Dr. Evil style, vaccine, will remain free for all Americans, even though the firm's 10,000% markup is set to drive health insurance premiums up. So they're making it free. But your health insurance premiums are about to bend you over a barrel because they're 10,000% markup. So it's not free. You're still pay- Man, oh man. Why do we? Why do I got to pay for this? Why do I got to pay for this? Just if you want it, pay for it, get it. Or you know what? Why don't they pay their fair share and just offer it for free to the people who want it? How about that? 
We uh, also, a cross-country storm is threatening to disrupt Thanksgiving travel for 55 million people. Snow in the upper Midwest, torrential rain in the South. It's going to be cats and dogs living together, total chaos. AAA estimates that 55 million Americans are going to travel at least 50 miles. Major airline hubs in Chicago, Atlanta, New York could all be affected. Hazards ranging from rain, high wind, and a few areas snow could disrupt holiday travel. Uh, so it is looking pretty uh, pretty interesting. And of course, it's right over Dallas going right up. Yay! We're going to have a rainy, a rainy Thanksgiving here, but other people could see snow. So it's going to be very interesting to travel over Thanksgiving. Uh, also, the... Uh, Texas, again, breaks the record for total job gains. The only thing I require if you're moving here for your job is you got to vote like we do. Because do not turn this republic into the cesspool of feces and needles that is California. Very simple thing to ask. A fisherman lands a 60... I thought this was fake. A 67-pound goldfish. It is a 67-pound, chubby, chunky, little goldfish. Little. That they call carrot. It's hysterical. This thing is enormous. I've never seen a goldfish this big in my ever-loving life. 60, he said that he saw it was orange, came about 30, 40, uh, came to the surface about 30, 40 yards out. He spent 25 minutes reeling this thing in. It's 30 pounds heavier than what was previously considered to be the world's biggest goldfish. So that's pretty. Do you eat those things? You eat a goldfish? Yeah, it's carbs. You could technically eat it. I mean, but it, it's sad because it looks like it's a pet. I'd keep it in like a pond in my yard and pet it. I don't know. Stick with us. It's hard to understand why anyone would keep voting for record inflation and skyrocketing crime. Likewise, why would anyone keep funding the left by sticking with big mobile carriers? Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, and they want to make it easy for you to try their service. Give them 60 days to earn your trust. And when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, you get your third month free, plus free activation. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks, and they use the same towers as all three of the major carriers so you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our god-given rights and freedoms visit patriotmobile.com dana or call their 100 u.s based customer service team at 972 patriot if you're fed up with woke companies that don't care about your values support a company that does make the switch today and get a free month of service plus free activation patriotmobile.com slash dana that's patriotmobile.com slash dana or call 972 patriot listen to the dana show live on the odyssey app weekdays noon to 3 p.m eastern time that america's physicians like the real leaders of american medicine the people you trust for your cancer care and your heart care and your pediatrics care are out there telling you you need to go get a vaccine you can decide to trust America's physicians, or you can trust some random dude on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, but see, it's not like, America's Those are your physician. choices. My physician in America was it. like, no, girl. Uh-uh. I'm just saying, my physicians, I should add. Yeah, and I trust them. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here. I'm not going to sit here and... Tr- I, I hate this appeal to authority. Well, you can trust, you know, the person on whatever. Well, what if that person is also one of America's physicians? No, it doesn't count unless they're for the government. But here's our appeal to authority. Only trust people in government. That makes me trust you less. And also not like you. On top of it. How about that? Good grief. Welcome back. Dana Lash with you. It's Thanksgiving Eve Eve. Eve, Eve, yeah. Making sure that's all right. And uh, Fauci just, why did he get to go up to the podium and give a goodbye? What is that about? Well, Biden's on his, isn't Biden on his way to Nantucket? 
The whole damn railroad's about to stop. But, you know, Biden's got to go to Nantucket. He just had a swanky six-figure wedding for one of his grandkids at the White House. Now he's got he's to uh, hitch heels and get on up to uh, Nantucket and have start his Thanksgiving. Every, meanwhile, everyone else is figuring out, well, what's going to happen with, uh, you know, our supply chain and the economy if rail shuts down or slowed? I mean, what's, what's this about? No answer from him. What about, uh, I mean, do we at least have a transportation secretary? Where's that cat at? He's MIA. I, again, figurehead. This is all just such ridiculousness. I was reading and I said, I, I know I had this like in a prep email at some point, And I had said that I had this thing where it showed that Biden has taken more vacation time than anybody who is in the White House at this moment. And it's not that he's doing what previous presidents, including Trump and Obama and Bush have done, where they'll go, like they would go to their homes or they would go to their, well, in Trump's case, he'd go to Trump Tower, he'd go to Mar-a-Lago, but then they were still doing work. Or Obama would go up, he'd go up to uh, Martha's Vineyard, but he was apparently still meeting people in the vacation house he was renting or whatever. And George Bush would go back to Midland, but he was still having work and his meetings etc and still doing this but when biden goes back to delaware or wherever he just is mia we have no idea why did so is that why fauci because nothing else is going on in dc it's like he got the equivalent of a ticker tape parade i would have been asking why in the hell are you up at the podium giving like this big beauty queen goodbye speech why i mean do you realize half the country loathes you they blame you for encouraging the shutdown of our schools, which he's like, I didn't. But then there's so I could I could sit here and bore you for the rest of the, the remainder of this particular broadcast hour and play for you all of the sound bites where he's talking about shutting stuff down. I'm not going to do it. Kane don't need to feverishly type. But I'm just because you know it exists. You, we heard him. I don't need to go back and replay for you what you all heard. I heard it with my own eye, ears and I saw it with my own eyes. Well, I didn't tell anyone to shut down like hell you didn't hoggle. Yes, you did. You told everybody that you, you, you absolutely did that. And then you all act shocked when it was discovered that schools in New York, that was, was the first place it was most widespread. It was, that was the first widespread study uh, that schools were not the centers of transmission, the hotbeds of transmission that you thought they were. I just don't know why he's giving this, this weird. I don't know. All right. So we, I, I got a couple of other things I want to make sure that we're hitting here. I know there's more. Oh, man. We are, um, where to even start? <sighs> the other headline that came in, we're now apparently giving, we just sent six, I thought six billion in aid to Ukraine. Didn't we just send that? Now we're, now we're dispersing another five and a half billion, four, and a half. four oh, sorry, four and a half billion in the coming weeks, according to Janet Yellen. She said this earlier today. For what? Do we have any accountability? How many billions have we sent over there? I mean, we have the FTX scandal. And instead of looking into it and trying to investigate that, we have the media running defense for it. So where I'm just where's where is the accountability in this? There's zero accountability. Do we know where this money's going? Do we know how it's being spent? Don't you think that's enough at this point? How many billions upon billions have we given? This whole thing, I, and I'd asked this question of Nikki Haley when she was on the program. And I don't know, 
either people are afraid to give an answer or they don't have an answer. But I had asked, wouldn't this have been over if they if they would have a negotiation? There's a lot of stuff in play here, but you can't bring anything like that up. You can't talk about ending anything because then everyone asks and tells you that you're a um, Russian bot. So that, that's, that's the ploy that they use to try to silence any kind of discussion. Now, further, this, I have a couple of other things here. We, uh, we're going to get into some of the election stuff. The, the, me, the golly, the media malpractice. So do you, speaking of Ukraine, I'm going to tie this in, then we're going to go back to this laptop, the way that the media is still continuing to handle it. So Jim Laporta is the guy with Associated Press, and he had his name on a retracted report. He was one of the reporters who was saying that this was a Russian missile that landed, and the way that it was sort of presented was that this was uh you know it was it was done on purpose it was you know an aggressive act by russia and it's it was very interesting to see that they apparently fired him but and he had a single anonymous source for his piece well, him and the other person with whom he shared the byline, which is a violation of Associated Press's own policy. And they ended up uh, firing him. Now, I do think it's kind of weird that they didn't axe any of the editors that were responsible for reading the piece okaying the piece, doing any kind of legal reads needed, any kind of fact-checking, any sort of, uh, I mean, anything, proofing, whatever, copy editing, whatever. So, but they got, they got rid of him, but not the editors. Why, the editors, I would think, have something to do, this does, they would have something to do with this, I would think, correct? Oh, yeah. So... That seems to be, to me, that's kind of a problem. Who greenlit it? Yeah. I mean, they, they, who greenlit that? They're all protecting themselves, though, right now. That's all they care about at this point, I think. CBS reporting the thing that New York Post and then later Daily Caller already reported two years earlier. New York Times had to previously begrudgingly acknowledge some of the stuff that had been reported as it was accurate. But this was not disinformation. The more I think about this, the angrier I get. How many different intelligence experts signed that report? A a whole bunch of them. And said that this was all Russian disinformation. Dozens of former Intel officials, more than 50, going back to October of 2020. Under the banner headline, Biden secret emails, New York Post, they signed this letter Monday. And the signatories presented no evidence at all whatsoever. They said they were, quote, deeply suspicious that the Russian government was pushing this story, played a significant role in this case. (laughs) 
Oh, there were several elements of the story, these intel officials said, that reminded them of Kremlin tactics. Hmm. One of those is John Brennan, who lied under oath. Remember John Brennan? Yeah, he totally lied under oath when he was in the Senate. Um, He had improperly spied on actual private people. Uh, Any Senate staffer that were researching CIA's uh, enhanced questioning, John Brennan spied on people. He lied to the Senate about it. I'm not even going to get into some of the offenses of some of these other intel officials. But, you know, believe your government implicitly without question, because that's exact the the exact uh, ember within the animating spirit of liberty in which this country was founded. Was it not? (laughs) No, the all these intel officials. Oh, this was this smacks of Kremlin involvement. This sounds like Russian collusion. They signed this. They put it out there. And now look where we are. Hmm. Look where we are over two years later. And not only was the story a thousand percent accurate, not only did it exist, and not only... Were the, the contents within it accurate and now verified, which we knew they were two years ago. Now you even have the New York Times and CBS. They had, they're forced to acknowledge it as part of this effort to get to run out Joe Biden. And can you I you had all of these people conspire. To push disinformation about a factual story. To affect the outcome of an election. This is miles bigger than Watergate ever could have been. This is exactly what they did. Watergate wasn't successful. Who knows? If all the objectives with whatever they were doing here were. This is just maddening. And nothing destroys a people's faith in their government institutions. Like already several lying members of the intel community who signed this letter very theatrically trying to convince the American people that their lying eyes have deceived them when in fact everything was a thousand percent accurate. And if everything was a thousand percent accurate, I mean, you can revisit all of the past interviews, chief among them, Leslie Stahl with Donald Trump. And he brought it up and she acted as though she was offended that it was just garbage news. Do you remember NPR, the taxpayer funded entity? We pay our taxes for this garbage. I don't know why we pay for NPR. The first Republican who can pull that funding push the bill and pull their funding. They're compl- it's needless. We don't need state radio. We don't need Pravda. We don't need that. We have so many different outlets. We don't need that. And it's a violation of people's, people's consciousness and uh, our, their conscience and the, the ideals of the United States to force them to fund it. But they had said that the reason they weren't covering that laptop was it was a non-essential story. Remember all of this? 
But it was true. All these people lied because they wanted to affect the outcome of an election. And they had the absolute audacity to accuse their political opposition of quote unquote insurrection and everything else. <sighs> that's the insurrection. That, that's what that was. Abusing FISA after 2016, that was an insurrection. Why can't we just call it what it is? We have more on the way. You may not believe this, but you know, sometimes you just don't get the whole story from a lot of media coverage. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. In my latest episodes, I discuss how a new special counsel is gearing up to investigate former President Trump, and a lot of the evidence in the case is secret. Don't forget to download and subscribe to my daily No Chit Chat podcast. I don't talk about every single issue in the news, just the ones you need to know the most. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts red meat black coffee truth telling the dana show is immune compromise first of all everybody should be vaccinated and boosted with flu and with covid whether or not you wear a hell? mask or another thing we shouldn't underestimate is testing so when we're gathering at a family gathering for thanksgiving or for christmas or for any other holiday as we get into the winter it makes sense that you might want to get a test that day before you come into a place in which you might be infected and spread it or other people who might be Are there in order to protect. So this masking is important. When is it? With the, this is today? Yep. Literally. Just, just minutes ago. Literally, just minutes ago. Yeah. They don't work, though. No, they what the hell is he just going on about the those masks for? masks don't work. Social distancing doesn't gonna, work. I'm not going to take any health advice work. from anyone who's like, yeah, go ahead and put a face panty on something uh, to stop uh, any kind of respiratory illness in which the microns are actually sm- are smaller than the weave of the stupid mask that you're wearing. Oh, my gosh. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash with you. You're a lovable, lovable curmudgeon. I think Kane's joining me in that description today for sure i've got a couple of things uh, i want to get into uh well first actually i'm going to switch a couple of things up i put something on my instagram have you seen it kane no it's uh, a movie that just wrapped filming and it rhymes with schmumro <laughs> the crow bill skarsgård is apparently in everything now please don't hate me but it looks like black and white Pennywise. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't dislike Bill Skarsgård at all. I've been watching Bill Skarsgård since before he like broke into mainstream. There was a really interesting series and it was about like werewolves and all kinds of like creepy, you know, it was like a goth series, whatever. Um, it was like one of the first things that he did. He was in that uh, uh I I watched him in that. He was really good. And I thought, he's a creepy dude. He's never going to be able to play anybody but creepy dudes. And I was right. Uh, Because he picks very interesting roles that define him. I think he does a very good job at selecting his roles. And I think he's a good actor. He's going to be in John Wick 4, too. So anyway, I didn't even know that they were rebooting The Crow again. And they were. we got to talk about this coming up. Because, I don't know, a friend of mine was saying that he thinks it's going to be good and was explaining it to me. I will talk about this more. I'm out of time here this segment. We'll wait a couple minutes. Rejoin us. Second hour on the way. 
Um, I've been following this since about March and April. We follow, you know, online hate trends, I guess. And since mm. April and March, really, the LGBT community has been the main focus of this hatred. It starts, it, there is a pipeline. It starts from some smaller accounts online, like libs of TikTok. It moves to the right-wing blogosphere, and then it ends up on Tucker Carlson, or it ends up out of a right-wing politician's mouth. And it's a really dangerous cycle that, that does have real-world consequences. I just... I cannot believe that this individual is considered to be a senior news reporter with NBC. It's wow. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash with you. Top of our second hour here. And this was Brandy Zadrozny. And she was on NBC. I don't know if this was like an afternoon show. I don't do you know this? I don't know what show this was. And she actually, I mean, she she actually just said that libs of TikTok and Tucker Carlson's a friend of mine. She said that they were culpable in the tragedy that was at the Club Q massacre that was uh, over the weekend in Colorado, Colorado Springs. And. I was just shocked by this. She she got very upset at the Washington Free Beacon. And that's who pulled this video. They had said that she blames libs of TikTok and Tucker Carlson for the shooting. So she gets out there and she had said, and I have a piece that's coming out on all of this later today. She gets out there and she says, well, that's absolutely not true. And if you had a shred of legitimacy, you delete and correct. Well, I spoke with her about this yesterday. I said, you on camera with your own mouth specifically name them as purveyors of hate. Not only is it true that you did, but it's grotesque that you did. So she responds and says, oh, they are absolutely purveyors of hate. And I did not blame them for the mass shooting over the weekend. I described the environment in which hate crimes against LGBT folks have searched. It's subtle, maybe, but I believe in you. I'm like, don't I know you're not going to try to get county with me. Mm-mm. And the issue and I had responded to her on this as well. I had I brought this up and I said, well, here's the, the problem with this. Because it's, are you going to apply your thought process? I said, the Free Beacon's a news source. And you absolutely named them as responsible parties. So I asked her, I said, I'm sure for consistency's sake, you'll assume culpability. Should anyone target them? And they have, Right. Oh, my gosh. And it's at that point that she went silent. I mean, she's a purveyor of hate. And that's what the that's what the left has tried to pivot on this entire time. Look, I um, I don't I I don't care if adults. I want everyone for a moment. Let's look at this very clinically. I want you to separate yourself from what you think about drag shows or drag brunches, whatever, and set it to the side for a moment. Adults who go to adult establishments to watch what is adult entertainment is a completely separate issue from adults taking children to restaurants or clubs for a quote-unquote all-ages adult entertainment show. Don't tell me it's not adult entertainment. I've seen so many of these videos. I watched 
as a drag queen with a thong lifted up his skirt and gyrated his half-naked ass in front of a four-year-old why a song titled P asterisk 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 Y played with the derogatory lingo on repeat. So you don't argue with me about whether or not you think that that's adult entertainment or not. They're two separate things. Club Q never advertised itself as anything other than that. And it's very important to understand these facts that people want to pretend to be stupid and not recognize. So when the left wasn't calling to ban guns, they wanted to conflate protection of women's sports and criticism of bringing kids to drag shows with actual murder. You know, and it's not just, quote unquote, conservatives speaking out about bringing your kids to drag brunches. Other actual drag queens have talked about this. They've given interviews. A lot of them have. That, and they've said it makes us feel uncomfortable. We don't do all ages shows anyway. And we would be very uncomfortable. I mean, they're very, you know, straightforward about it. Not, not every, they, I was reading the interview of one. And I, again, I have a piece that's coming out about all of this today. Goes by, he goes by the name of Kitty Demure, which is kind of funny. And um, I get the impression that they're just very, very, just it's adult entertainment only. Like there are some that don't do at all, which, you know, it shouldn't be for kids. But Demure was asked, well, you know, why, who's doing this, etc. And it was kind of, I thought the, the response was interesting because Demure basically said, oh, well, you know, a lot of them are low-level wage workers. And most, some of them aren't the most beautiful or the most talented. They're typically from a local club or a dive bar, and they're just doing it for the tips. I know! So there is, and that's not the first time I've heard that. So there's a level, apparently. And so you're getting the, that's what I'm, that's what, that's what they're saying. I'm the messenger. The problem is this, regardless of your opinion on drag shows, like I said, it's one thing for adults to go and watch an adult show and it's another thing for adults to take kids. They're sexually charged and over the top on purpose. You can't blame people for wondering why some adults are absolutely hell bent on normalizing adult activities for children. And this was after you have to realize how sensitive this is. This is a year after parents have battled school boards over stocking their minor children's school libraries with graphic, sexually explicit books, the images of which I couldn't even show you. I can't even describe them for you. I would actually get fined. Someone would call our one of our affiliates and they would find me. If I can't talk about it with you on air, why the hell should your sixth grader be reading it in their school library? I'm not making this up. I mean, I know some of the mothers who reported this stuff, who found it. One of them's down the road from where I am. Parents are like, why were we not asked permission before our children were given access to these types of books? Your kids have to go and if they want to get their ears pierced, they have to ask their parents, but they can go and they can get a book that shows people it's graphic pornography. There's no other way to describe it. When you see a drawn phallus and uh, a drawn female copulatory organ and or otherwise and you... I mean, why do kids get to have access to that in school? You can't get your ear pierced? Do you see what I'm saying? There's the emotional aspect that kids are not able to handle. And I get it that the normalization of the kitty stuff, these, and that's freakish. That's disgusting and it's criminal. 
want to act like the emotional aspect isn't there. Now, there's a difference between people who want to engage in criminal behavior with children and people who just put on, you know, like a drag show. Not everybody is a criminal for the love. I hate that you have to sit here and boil every statement down because we live in such a stupid society that is so self-obsessed. Everybody is only interested in getting jabs in. They're not interested in discourse. They're not listening. They're only hearing. There's a difference. And these people who are trying to conflate all of this are some of the worst on earth. I find it disgusting. They've had Sonny Hostin. She was blaming Republican politics. No, absolutely no evidence at all. She's like, if you don't want to go to a gay club, why do... And then you had Joe Biden who was comparing it to Pulse Nightclub. Pulse Nightclub was a terror attack. And the guy who carried out the Pulse Nightclub, that murderer, had already on Facebook pledged allegiance publicly to ISIS. And he did it again on one of the 911 calls. He was a terrorist. And he actually was telling patrons and he was telling the operator on the phone that he was doing it in revenge for United States bombing in Afghanistan. You can't compare them. Nobody even knows the motives of this guy. Nobody's stopping to ask, why was this guy released? I saw someone over at the Bull, Bulwark, whatever the hell it is. I don't know. One of the fake Republican sites. Don't even correct me. I don't care. Who was trying to say that, well, the red flag law wouldn't have worked. Or that it doesn't matter. Uh, he was able to get around a red flag law, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I love that these people are have such a shallow understanding of what the law is. First off, it doesn't matter if he was he was charged with a handful of felonies. That's completely irrelevant as to whether or not El Paso County had declared itself a Second Amendment sanctuary. They were trying to say, oh, well, this county declared itself a Second Amendment sanctuary. Therefore, um, you know, the red flag law, you can't use that. Actually, yes, you can, because like me, who's covered this for two plus years in depth, reading every single resolution that has been passed in every single county that's declared itself a Second Amendment sanctuary. I hate to say it because I wish it was more than this. But they're really actually just nothing more than ceremonial moves. And in fact, the guy who was, uh, and I'm not giving them the 15 minutes that they want, the guy who was trying to make this argument apparently didn't read the AP article that he, that he used to justify the claim because the sheriff in said county had said that, you know, despite from, you know, certain circumstances, uh, th- while they would, they would prefer the family actually petition, meaning they would prefer that the family... Usually when you have a red flag, some instances, depending on where you are, only law enforcement can do it. Some it's every time Dick and Harry, your family and law enforcement. Some it's family and law enforcement. There's no uniformity to any of this anywhere. And so what they were saying is that they would rather the family and not just law enforcement actually make the petition. And they didn't really like the ex parte, meaning they don't tell the person involved process. And they said they would only do that under the most serious of circumstances, uh, have it to where it's just the police petitioning for the red flag because they don't like it. They recognized it as a diminishment of due process, which it is. So the idea that the red flag is inapplicable because of a ceremonial resolution is a poor argument that has no basis in law or fact. And aside from that, it also doesn't answer the fact that it's still irrelevant because he was charged with a a whole bunch of felonies. He was charged with five felonies, two of which were first degree or two were what uh, uh, menacing. I didn't even know what felony menacing is. I was reading all about the statute of that. Uh, in that state last night. And then, of course, he had first degree, I think it was three first degree kidnapping charges. So the case was sealed. 
apparently the charges were never filed and we have no idea what happened because they sealed the case or they sealed the record. We have no idea what happened. Now, it doesn't matter if it was a Second Amendment sanctuary. It doesn't matter whether or not there was the presence of a red flag. None of that has anything to do with the fact that he was charged with felonies. A, why didn't they stick? B, when you're charged, you're a prohibited possessor, at which time until you are convicted or those charges are dismissed. What happened with all of this? Because it was barely a year ago. He could have been, and plus, aside from that, There are still tons of other provisions in the state of Colorado, including mental processes through which he could have been adjudicated mentally unfit or dangerous. Why was none of that followed? Why did the family not petition? You're talking about banning an inanimate object responsible for the the least amount of loss of life. But you're ignoring everything that led up to this point. I can't take people seriously when they say that they want to save lives when they ignore everything that leads up to the taking of them. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. It's going real well in Cutter. Uh, so not only are people mad over the beer, the lack thereof, but there was uh, Dominique Metzger was reporting ahead of the World Cup kickoff And uh, while she was literally live on air, she's from Argentina, she was robbed. Money, documents stolen from her handbag. And she was broadcasting from right up. I mean, she was like actually right at the at the spot right outside of where they were playing. She said she reported the incident to local police and was surprised by their response because she said that they were asking they they the way that they were asking her she was like i just was really really shocked at the response she said that male police won't register her when she got to the police station they she had to go uh where there were only women and talk to women police officers and she just was shocked they said that uh, there's pretty much nothing that they could do that's cr- kind of crazy she thinks it was because she was a woman that they didn't seem as interested in helping her but just saying 37 percent of real estate agents couldn't afford their office rents last month i, I it, this is nuts uh mortgage rates skyrocketing from a low of 2.7 in february to 7.35 percent wow home sales crashing so yeah 37 percent of real estate agents could not afford their October rent. I just didn't know. Uh, now, Jay Leno was released from the hospital. I was looking at some of the... Man, he really did get... Like, he could have gotten his whole face burnt off. He's lucky that he didn't. So he was released after... He, uh, he was at the Grossman Burn Center. 10 days in the facility. He was in one of those... Uh, what is it? Hyperbaric chambers as well. And in the photo that was released, man, his neck, the whole underside of his chin, part of his face. It. He's... Yeah, it was pretty pretty rough he's recovering but it still looks pretty bad he's gonna have scarring his hands are really really badly burnt too uh so thankfully he's okay but he's going home he was uh, released from the hospital mickey mantle's x-rated note about a yankee stadium experience with a fan is up for sale why do why is it it's i don't know it's uh they were asking uh, players about their most outstanding experience at Yankee Stadium, and Mickey Mantle gave an answer I can't share with you on air, and it's now up for auction at Leland's. That's all I can tell you. We're just leaving it at that. I'm so not telling you what it is on air. Oh, my gosh. We have more to come, including media bias and wokery. Oof, stick with us. 
your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Prosecutors and police, they found quickly what they needed. That means they know this was a biased crime. This is likely, and since we've heard reports that the subject isn't cooperating with police, that means they likely found clear and convincing evidence on his devices. If he's a consumer of the people we just rattled off, from Lauren Boebert to Tucker Carlson, let's get it out. Let's get it out at trial. Let's expose it for what it is, name it and shame it. He's a consumer of these people, and those people should, should face civil consequences from the victims. So this is some dude on NBC, and he's talking about the Colorado Springs Club shooting, and he's saying that people, like these people, should face charges in court for causing it. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here. I mean, I, this is just wild. That is actually, I, I think that to sit here and blame people, we here's the problem that we have in this country right now. Disagreement is called an attack. People are like, oh, so-and-so attacked so-and-so. No, so-and-so disagreed with so-and-so. You would think that with all of this information that people would be made stronger by repeatedly coming into contact with beliefs that are not their own. And... They're not. It's almost like it's having the opposite intended effect, right? To say that because people have disagreed with one issue means they are responsible for an unrelated crime is one of the most irresponsible things I can possibly imagine. And especially when we don't know any kind of motive or anything. But this is what the, I think the, the people who are exploiting this are disgusting. It's just, it's absolutely disgusting. There, there are no words. And it, I, I, I just, this, without knowing anything and they're doing this. It's just pretty, it's a ploy to silence any kind of discussion on any other issue, even so much as related to this. So Chad Felix Green is a, a, we follow each other on social media. And he's uh, identified, I mean, he identifies himself as a, as a gay conservative. And you don't have to agree. I'm not asking people to agree with anything. I just, gosh, I don't even have, I, why do I have to pay the penance? Just listen to what he says. Stop. He accuses, and he's been taking a lot of heat from the left. Because he says that they're exploiting this, which they are, to target efforts across the country to protect minors from the excesses of LGBT policies. Now, I want to point out that he is not the only uh, individual that has spoken out like this, because you have, I think, transgender activists which are trying to co-op this and exploit it. And a lot of the people that have been fighting with the most militant people of that movement that are within the gay demographic are speaking out against are some of the loudest people speaking out against their exploitation of this. 
And again, we don't know anything about the the 22-year-old murderer who went in there. Nothing. But everyone from AOC to Joe Biden to Nancy Pelosi, uh, everyone, they're all trying to use this as a way to stop any criticism of any of the, the militant activism, which is entirely a different thing from what happened here. And so it's, it's so I, I go back to Libs of TikTok and that NBC, whatever person who was saying that they were culpable. Do you know how many times the woman who writes Libs of TikTok has been targeted? They've doxed her like wash The Washington Post doxed her doxed her actually doxed her they it's it just it's wild she's received a lot of threats and one of the things that chad felix green says is that there i mean they blamed libs of tiktok for someone who called in a fake bomb threat to boston children's hospital remember that and then it turned out it was all fake Parents have been vocal at school board meetings. We talked about this last segment with the books. States are introducing legislation to ban hormone abuse. No one talks about the the consequence and result of hormone abuse on kids. I am actually so incredibly concerned about what that means for so many kids in the future. There's, there's going to be an epidemic of, of problems that are associated with that. And, and, and all those adults are going to be culpable in what they've done. And then there, have been, there are people who have disagreed or protested at drag shows for kids. Now, Chad Felix Green writes, These efforts have been falsely labeled anti-LGBT by the left and erroneously conflated reasonable protections for children with attacks on LGBT people. And he says that people need to continue doing what they're doing despite the hysteria. I noticed this the other day too when I had responded to, let me pull this up. There was a, a an ad that Herschel Walker came out with. I don't know if you all saw this. And he came out with this ad and he was with Riley Gaines who swam with Leah Thomas, the man who decided to compete as a woman. And everyone, like this is what, who's this guy? He's some Democrat, dude. He said, oh, Herschel Walker dropped an anti-LGBTQ ad a day after a gunman targeted an LGBTQ nightclub. Well, first off, that's not at all what the ad was, and I noted it. I said, it's incredibly ridiculous and misogynistic for you know, the person who made that response to erase Riley Gaines, a female swimmer, her legitimate criticism about being forced to compete against males in this disgusting effort to conflate the issue of women's sports and a nightclub tragedy for a jab at Herschel Walker. Here's the thing. This is what the left has done. It is absolutely magical how now simply standing for women in women's sports is now anti-LGBTQ. That is unbelievable. 
And that's what they want. Militant activists are pushing this so hard to silence anyone. You know, when the people who try to silence you, it's not, it's, it's because they're afraid of what you're going to say. They can't challenge it. They don't want to have any challenges. They don't want to have any, they don't believe in iron sharpens iron. They don't believe in, in discussion of ideas. They don't believe in any of that. I had some guy who was supposed to be a comedy writer say, well, talking about Riley Gaines, she should try swimming faster. That's the typical progressive male response. I said, maybe he should swim faster so he can compete with the other men in his league instead of treating women's sports as a JV league. I had a conversation with one of my sons one day because he was asking me where feminism came from. And I looked him right in the face and I said, progressive men. Ultimately, progressivism. That's where it came from. Back when women couldn't inherit property and women couldn't vote and anything else, men who believed in individual freedom and believed in the equality as espoused by scripture actually supported women's efforts just to make sure that they were financially secure and could make determinations about their own futures. And the people who opposed that the most, who were in the streets with protests, the people who would grab very well-known and very pro-life and very Christian women who simply wanted to be able to not have to go to a poor house if they were left widows uh, with no sons, uh, they would grab those women by the hair out of their protest or out of anything else, and they would try to drag them to jail and all of this. They were the progressive men. That's not a lie. I'm not exaggerating. It was Democrats. You know, the record for filibuster was set by Democrats in opposing the Civil Rights Act. Democrats have been on the wrong side of history for every single issue imaginable. Only recently have they tried to say that they're on the side of women. But they've been very, very Machiavellian in how they've tried to actually subjugate women and convince those women that their subjugation means that they're allies. And I told my son, I said, it was the mistreatment of women by progressive men. And I said, now, I will add, it was progressivism and progressive women who helped take it too far to the point where they believe that by tearing down men, they're building up women. And that's what I told him it was because it is. But I've watched all of these in this effort to try to stifle either to silence women who want to protect men or want to protect women in women's sports or to silence men who do or to silence parents who are concerned about what their kids are accessing in their libraries or to silence any kind of criticism of hormone abuse. This is what they're doing. And, and do not do not be silenced by these people do not nhl you know what the nhl just tweeted trans women are women trans men are men non-binary identity is real the nhl mm-hmm. the nhl just just tweeted this the nhl so they're going to start having women on their team Can I say what you just said? 
Puck? Yeah. Them? Okay. <sighs> now the NHL's all wokeified. Stop erasing women. Did somebody hack their account? It's been happening lately. No, the Twitter. stupid is catching is what it is. That's a shame. This is what this is all about, though. And this is what these, if, if people were really concerned about stopping any tragedies like what we saw in Colorado, they would be asking the questions that I have been asking and getting answers. Why was the case sealed a year ago, less than a year ago when the guy, uh, and they had a bomb threat and he had a standoff with police and they had to evacuate the neighborhood and he had all these felonies. Why weren't the felonies filed? Why was the case sealed? Why was nothing, why was it, there was never any petitions by the family after? doesn't matter if El Paso County is a Second Amendment sanctuary. The fact remains is that that's just a, a, a ceremonial resolution. It's non-binding. And therefore, you actually, it's still, you, if someone is dangerous, etc. there's a myriad of ways in Colorado. They have all the laws in Colorado that you could want. But no one wants to talk about everything that led up to get to that point. They just want to exploit the act as a way to chill speech. To silence dissent. I mean, it's unbelievable. And you cannot let it happen. You, which means you have to not be shamed or silenced or feel in any way that any of these individuals have any authority to impugn your character or push you into silence. We have more to come. As we... Uh, barrel towards the, oh my gosh really already towards the uh, end of the second hour we got florida man on the way you don't want to miss florida man it's his life mission to make bad decisions <laughs> it's time for florida man all right first up this comes from cbs 12 a florida man broken to kfc the secret recipe remains in the safe wait do they keep that in an actual safe in the KFC, I'm not asking because I'm going to be doing nothing shady. I'm just, you know, I'm asking for some friends. Uh, they said that uh, a the Tampa Police Department said the burglar was caught on camera. He crawled into the restaurant chain and they showed him taking cleaning supplies. He wiped down the door before he crawled back out. Uh, but the police said that the secret recipe of 11 herbs and spices remains safe. So he took cleaning supplies from the... That's weird. Uh, you know what? Uh, babies love them some uh, watermelon Smirnoff, apparently. Actually, they don't, so don't do that. Uh, this is WKRG News Channel 5. In Escambia, a Pensacola woman is in jail because she poured literally watermelon Smirnoff in a baby bottle and gave it to her baby. For real. S- uh, Cecil Bryant, that's her name, I don't know, was charged with aggravated child abuse. They deputies responded to a call on potential child abuse. When they arrived, they talked with an investigator with uh, Division of Family Services. The baby had a 0.142 blood alcohol level. She threw a Halloween party and she was she the reporting party said she was cooking all evening, evening, went to take a bath. Brian offered to make the bottles. They said multiple people were there helping to watch the kids and when they, the reporting party tried to give the baby an unfinished bottle a few hours prior, she said the baby's mouth smelled like watermelon. She tasted the bottle of formula, and it tasted like watermelon vodka. The baby began falling asleep on and off and vomiting. Uh, yeah, so, oh, man. So, that's, um, they, the baby was admitted, went, in ho- went at observation at the hospital. I think the baby's okay now, but they did have severe toxicity. 
Uh, it was that. Geez, that's crazy. I feel like that that woman might not have a good time in the jail. I'm just saying because, you know, how people in the prisons don't respond that kindly to the the uh, child abuse stuff. Uh, also, this <laughs> Gainesville man was arrested from stealing from Walmart, Stephen Francis, and his response was that he owned the Walmart officers, so you can't arrest me. I'm not kidding. He actually said this. Gainesville, Florida, WCJB. Man's in jail. He was stealing from the Walmart. 51-year-old Stephen Francis taking clothes from the Walmart behind Butler Plaza. And then when uh, officers, uh, uh, they said that he had no remorse for taking the clothes because he owned the store already. It was over $200. No, officer, I own the store. That's, I can't, I'm just taking my things. Clearly he wasn't. Stay with us. Third hour on the way, folks. Coming up next. Vaccinated and unboosted versus vaccinated plus boosted. That doesn't mean you shouldn't get boosted. But the real danger is in the people who have not been vaccinated. So that's where we expect if we're going to see a problem this winter, it's going to be. Still, this was literally just this afternoon. The the timestamp on this is two hours ago. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. That was uh, Fauci. He gave his little swan, like his little goodbye, everybody. They allowed him to have like this beauty queen send off. I don't get it. And he's telling everyone, you've got to get your vaccine or it's going to be a bad winter for you. He actually said, and the quote was, if you had trouble hearing it, was the real danger is in the people who have not been vaccinated. If we're going to see a problem this winter, it's going to be among those people. Uh, no. By the way, I thought they all died. I thought they all died. The great pandemic of the unvaccinated. Isn't that what? It was the people who were older and who were who were obese to the point where it was a comorbidity. That was the issue. <sighs> Grief. I'm not doing that. We're not doing this again. They better. They can they can try to. It's not going to happen again. Not going to happen. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Top of our third hour. This is at this point. They. I, I, I don't know why it's it's still you're they're insisting on presenting it as this as as what this is as some like it, it prevents transmission. It doesn't. It's you know therapeutic basically at this point and there's nothing wrong with saying that. I mean the the jig is up. Come on, stop lying to everybody. Like we're not gonna we're not fooled by this anymore. What a grief. I just um it's un- unbelievable. There was this audio, play this real quick too. This was the KJP one. Now hold on. This uh I want to make sure I set this up properly. So Diana Globova is uh a White House correspondent for Daily Caller. And she at this White House press well it wasn't a press it was him leaving it was like his goodbye whatever which is still so weird that they allowed him to do this anyway so they KJP blocked this Daily Caller reporter's question when they tried to ask when she tried to ask Fauci about the origins of the pandemic this was just kind of wild listen 
Dr. Fauci, um, but, but she's only, she's only she's 30, 30 good questions. You question, you should allow her to ask some questions. Jeremy, Jeremy, it's Jeremy, it's Jeremy, it's Jeremy, it's Jeremy, it's not your turn. You can't you can read the press briefing. You need to call from people across the room. She has a valid question. She's asking about the origin of COVID. I hear the question. Dr. Fauci is the best person. I, to I hear your question, wow. but we're not doing this people the way you want it. This is a disrespectful. It is. I'm done, Simon. I'm done. I'm Simon. I'm done. People I'm done with you right now. For her. Go ahead. Yeah, that was pretty unbelievable. Clearly, there were more than there was just more than one reporter that wanted to hear that answer. Yep. Boy, she was running defense for him. It's just on. I you just think of these these transgressions that have been committed against you, these wrongs, and if it's not, you know, everything that we, you know, we're we're, <laughs> if it's not the stuff that they were telling you with you know CRT and all this stuff, if it's not all the election stuff, then it was shutting down all of this and ruining the lives of so many people and continuing to cause division with political ideology because it's not science. People were jailed. I was telling, I was talking to Juan and Stephen Kane about this on break. So I started watching this series called Welcome to Wrexham. And it's about Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney, who's the guy behind Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is a hysterical show. It is one of the best that's written and the best out there. And it is, warning, the most non-PC thing you will ever watch. If Blazing Saddles was a television show, it would be this. I am not kidding. Anyway, I cannot believe, well, they left, has kind of found it, but not totally yet. But they ended up buying this team. And this this football soccer team, you could say, <laughs> and it's um, they're like it's episodic and it's like it, it's you know pretty. They're the episodes are pretty short, but it's this Welsh professional football club, and they're you know they have different leagues in football, and they're in the national league, and they're trying to get they're trying to get uh, uh, promoted. They they're trying to win, and uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney buy this this club, and they're reforming it one of the things that one of the episodes explored because the way that you know it's like public basically well it is I mean you have these these football teams that are built around these hubs of socialization in so many of these areas I mean that's how it all started and they're talking to people in this very you know this Welsh town Wrexham and the people are 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 hysterical and they're just when this is filming Everyone is just come. They're just coming out of a lot of lockdown. So the pubs have been closed. Uh, no one's been able to go and watch their team. And a lot of the teams, if they're not in Premier League, it's not broadcast. And this is one of the things I think a lot of Americans don't get about soccer or football. And there are a lot of conservatives, actually people in general. They're like, oh, I don't I don't watch it. I don't. But there's it's more than just that. It's a cultural thing. An entire community is based around this. I mean, with Wrexham, the pub is literally right there on the corner of the arena where they play in. The racetrack. It's right there on the corner. And it is their families that that come up and they all hang out. They socialize. They have their dinner. Their pubs are a little different than what our bars and taverns would be here. And 
uh, then every, everybody goes and they watch the match and it really, it unites the community and they have, it's just very, it's different and it's, there's something very charming about it. And so one of the episodes that I was watching last night, they were the whole, everybody was coming out of lockdown. And this one guy was, he grew up in the area. He's like, I always wanted to come and bring my family back to Wrexham and raise, you know, my kids. And his marriage apparently was one of the ones that was a casualty of lockdown, of pandemic. And so he said it's been really tough because he's like, I've never had to be a day without my kids. And he said now it's they have weekends, they'll have weekends here, some weekends with mommy. And you could tell it was really he was trying to be very stiff upper lip. But it really was just it racked him. And he was saying that, you know, one of the things that used to kind of at least make me feel a little bit better and was an escape as I'd watch, you know, I'd watch Wrexham uh, AFC, I'd watch the team play. And then when lockdown was shut everything down, you know, these smaller clubs, the only way that they could actually get money was were people coming in to watch the matches, people going in through the turnstiles. Not everything is televised, like Premier League. I don't know if, I don't National League, I don't think is. And he said he couldn't watch them, he couldn't, and it was really hard on him. And they started telling all these stories, all these businesses that had relied on the business of people going to these matches and the pub owner. And all of these people were on the very edge. They were, you could tell they had just gone through a really, really hard, not just financially, but emotional period. Because, you know, England was, a well, Wales and England, I think were a little bit, you know, Britain was a little shut down more than most. And they were trying to find out what is normal anymore. And just just see the emotional mind job, the absolute mind job that has been done on these people because of all of this stuff promoted by people like Fauci and the World Health Organization. And it's all been so incredibly political. And when you weigh what everyone went through, kids being kept home for two years, missing out on major milestones, in some instances, those were the last two years that people had. Sacrificing two years is a lot of time when you consider the average lifespan of, the, of a human. That's a lot of time. When your kids are young, two years is a lot of time. When you're a young adult and you're transitioning into the adult world, two years is a lot of time. When you're older and you're in the sunset of your life, two years is a lot of time. And to listen to, not just in this series, but all of these other stories, all of these other people, and when you take into account what they went through, and then you look at some of the headlines from the people making these decisions about the lockdowns. Like how World Health Organization actually agreed to not allow Taiwan to come to the table of nations and talk about what they all could do to help preventatively as it, as it, with this pandemic because China didn't like Taiwan. When it came out that they decided to change the name of the virus so as to not hurt the feelings of China, that seems petty, insulting, and offensive 
when you weigh that against the suffering of so many brought on by the haphazard, unscientific, petty and absolutely malicious way that this was handled and pushed on people. Two years. Two years. And we're still coming back. You know, the series was talking about how the pubs were trying to come back. Some of the some of the businesses near some of these arenas have never reopened. And they were trying to regain a sense of normalcy. There are marriages that are never coming back. And there's family time that can never be recaptured because some of the people aren't here anymore. So when I take all of that into consideration, I know it was a weird way to tie it in with that series, but that's what that series made me think of. And then I see this guy come out. I see Fauci come out to the podium and I see reporters who are megaphones for the people or should be. And I see two reporters who didn't know each other, two reporters who are not from the same uh, political world of political ideology. And one was defending the other because one had asked a question of the one guy who could give an answer. And you had Corrine Jean-Pierre run in front and deflect it. He's to be protected. You can't ask questions that matter of the people who can answer them. You have to go through the motions of this kabuki theater and pretend that you're getting the answers that you want and be satisfied with that. That's unacceptable. That's why I don't trust this guy. I don't trust the guy that stood next to him. I don't trust her. I don't trust this administration. And I'll be damned if I ever take into consideration another recommendation from these people. Get bent. Gobble, gobble. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. This is kind of sad. Stressed out Americans plan to buy fewer Christmas gifts and donate less to charity. I told you this. This happens, unfortunately, whenever economic times are hard. Uh, It said inflation is souring the holiday season. And this is when companies, charities, and nonprofits usually collect their biggest haul of the year. Uh, And, you know, I talk about, you know, Delta Rescue. Groups like Salvation Army also severely impacted by these. Uh, There's a survey out saying this is also sad. Gosh, dang. Average person has five people, only five people they can truly lean on for anything. Well, at least they have five, right? They said they did a new survey talking about friendship, trustworthiness, all this stuff. Uh, Another report, apparently U.S. researchers recruited 277 people that had moderate or severe osteoarthritis. They said taking Advil for more than a year makes it worse, according to this study. They said all participants had been taking these anti-inflammatory drugs for at least a year. MRI scans of affected knees were carried out. And they said no long-term benefits from taking it. And they said that Advil and the leave may actually worsen arthritis inflammation, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. That's that's kind of interesting. This uh, South Pole hits a record cold November. Extreme cold continues at the South Pole. I cannot believe how cold November 16th, 17th, and 18th recorded a daily record. The 18th plunged to negative 45.2 degrees Celsius compared with negative 44 on the same day in 1987. 
but I thought everything was getting warmer. No, it's not actually. It's I'm telling you, I think we're in like a era of global cooling. This uh, Amazon customer satisfaction has slipped with shoppers. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Uh, they said research shows declining user satisfaction. Analysts are seeking to link search results and product quality. We got a lot more on the way as we wrap up this Thanksgiving Eve Eve show. Stick with us back in just moments. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at DanaLash.com. If I were running Senator Warnock's campaign, I would certainly bring in President Obama before I'd bring in President Biden. Um, As I've told you before, I don't hate anyone, but uh, at this juncture, the Biden administration, I think, is best known uh, for its world-class vacuity. Um, according to the polls, most Americans wouldn't, wouldn't trust President Biden to salt the fries at uh, McDonald's. I wouldn't, man. Man, I like, that's Senator John Kennedy, not that one, from Louisiana. Kane and I were going down the rabbit hole a little earlier with the other one. Uh. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, bottom of our third hour. This Tuesday, Thanksgiving Eve Eve. I wouldn't trust him to salt the fries. I wouldn't. He wouldn't know where they are. He wouldn't know his way around a kitchen. Because he's a Biden, you know. Gosh. Hey, did you see that when they did the turkey pardoning, he had Hunter Biden there? He did. You didn't know that? No. He's the third turkey. You didn't know it? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's the third one there. I did see that story mm. where they reversed one turkey's pardon because they discovered he was at the January 6th mm. thing. Oh, that, I saw that Babylon that Bee. That was so fun. Yeah, chocolate and chip. Yeah. So they reversed uh, one of their pardons because one of them was spotted with a red hat at uh, J6. Yeah, there you go. I would like to sit next to Senator Kennedy at Thanksgiving. You know he would be full of tea. Ooh. Oh, he'd be spilling it. All right, so the... <laughs> I don't know even where to start because it's just, I, he, he cracks me up. This... Um, I was looking at some of the, we've been talking about the prices, all this stuff that's going to be increasing. Cranberries, we've been having a big, I don't know. I mean, I I think the only other time that I ever got, I, my most controversial tweet that I ever made was when I said candy corn was good. And people lost their minds. It was, I mean, they were either, it's one of those things, you're either with it or you're against it. But then I purposefully hit the hive with a stick. And I was saying that, you know, there's one thing that I will not cut from my Thanksgiving table, and that's going to be the cranberry in a can, particularly, ladies and gentlemen, the Ocean Spray. Now, yes, for the people who don't like to taste their food, uh, we do also offer the uh, homemade cranberry version that's basically a bunch of, uh, it's, it's fruit potpourri. You just put some, like, you know, orange and whatever the hell else you can reach in your spice cabinet, throw it in there, you know, whip it up. It's tart. It, you know, turns your, your mouth cinches up like a, like a coin purse and uh, like, a, like a drawstring bag and you can't taste anything else. Everything is tart. Turkey is tart. The stuffing's tart. Everything is just awful. So for the people who don't like to taste the other items on their plate, we also offer that as an accompaniment to your turkey and everything else. But, you know, in my house, you know, the fun folks have the cranberry slices and it has to be out of a can it has to have the lines on it 
and you slice it up and you put it on the plate. If you want to get fancy, you can stick a little lettuce leaf. I had a great aunt that used to do that. She'd put it on a lettuce leaf and make it fancier. And and her husband would be like, you can still see the lines on it from the can. And the best is the sound it makes when it comes out. If you do it right, it's it's awesome. So I got to have that. You know why that's so important? You want to know why that, that is so important? That cranberry sauce? Because the next day, when you have your turkey sandwiches... You get the big thick bread. You got your turkey. Put a little. As I make my sandwich, you put your bread, and I'll toast it a little bit, and then you get your stuffing on there, and then you get your cranberry slice, and then you get your turkey. So see, the stuffing will help for the cranberry slice. It won't make it all soggy, but just moist enough. Oh my gosh, you're welcome. That's why. If you haven't had it, I don't know what you don't know what you're missing. Tell you what, I will. I'll defend that to the, the end. I will, that's the hill I'll put my flag on, is that canned cranberry. It's the best. It's the absolute best. All right, so, yeah, get mad. I'm going to get mail about that. I'm waiting. So, a um, couple of other things I want to make sure that we're, that we're hitting, because I had some wokery, and we've been talking about some of the, the media malpractice. Oh, Twitter. Where did I? I need to get into this, because I didn't. I had a piece that came out about this uh, the yesterday. Is when I is when I had it, and I saw this because people have been getting mad that Elon Musk bought Twitter, and then they got mad because he reinstated Donald Trump. And so, first it was Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails who got really mad. Now these people were totally fine, by the way, with the Ayatollah still being on Twitter, China's communists still being on Twitter, and I'll have you. Just remind you, and I, and this is because I know the left loves CNN. CNN's reporting how apparently uh, Iran's security forces are using rape to quell the women-led protests. But I haven't heard any kind of criticism from people like Jack White or Trent Reznor, who are so mad that Elon Musk reinstated the mean, the bad Donald Trump with his mean tweets. But hey, the their religious leader in Iran who runs their little security force here, he's up there. But no word on this. So anyway, what ended up happening is, is Trent Reznor said that he is probably, he's going to announce, he announces that he's probably going to leave Twitter. He's planning on it. He's planning on leaving. He literally made an announcement about it. And I think there was there was Consequence, which is a music digital thing. And they said he's planning to quit Twitter. And he said, he actually wrote, I'm about to depart. Like how many times are you going to announce you're going to leave, princess? Go. Don't let the door hit you in the bass. Go on. That's the fish you're carrying. I don't know where you people are at. But he says, he goes, for my mental health, I need to tune out. I don't feel good being there anymore. Oh, my gosh. But, hey, you know what? The Nine Inch Nail account is still on Twitter hawking their Made in China merch. So, you know, Winky, planning to quit. You make an announcement that you're planning to quit, and you're like, I'm about to depart, everyone. <gasps> oh, stop me. It's so overwrought and dramatic. I they're They're mad because they don't want to be with people who disagree with them because they view the mere existence of disagreement as a challenge to who they are these people are so damn insecure i think so much of this is is really driven by insecurity 
They're enraged because no one will agree with them. And they need to have you copy and adopt their beliefs in order for them to feel validated. So planning to quit and planning to quit. Oh, my gosh. He's like the male Taylor Swift. He's the guy who never grew up. He never stopped complaining about women. He never stopped complaining about God. He just sort of switched it up to the man. And 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 his music was tempered by his lyrics where he complained about all this stuff. And now he's sold out for Oscar accolades and he writes repetitive trip score, trip course scores. And that's pretty much it. Although he did a good, a decent one for Lynch, I will say, with the second Twin Peaks. But that was like one track. Anyway, I digress. My point is nobody cares. It's like that scene from Jurassic Park where Norm, again, from Seinfeld is sitting across from the guy who's trying to be all incognito in his glasses and hat. And he hands him that shaving cream can that has the dino stuff in it. And he's like, see, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And then Jack White apparently got real mad and he had this big thing. He had this big thing. He uh, went on a rant on Instagram, which is he got mad because they keep going, oh, it's owned by a billionaire. It's own Reznor said, we don't need the arrogance of a bill of the billionaire class feeling like they can come in and solve something. Well, you didn't have any problem with billionaire Jack Dorsey owning Twitter. He's just bitching because he's a millionaire. That's why. So then Jack White says he's probably leaving permanently Twitter permanently. He wrote on Instagram. And if you get the newsletter, I, you got the bold bits that those were the fun parts. He said, this sounds hysterical. I've read YouTube comment sections that were had arguments better structured than this. He said, you intend to give platforms to known liars and wash your hands like Pontius Pilate and claim no responsibility. Trump, wait, I'm sorry. What? Trump was removed from Twitter because he incited violence multiple times. People died. Well, no one died from that. They are trying to destroy democracy. Well, we live in a republic. That's... And then he goes, this is straight up you trying to help a fascist have a platform so you can get your tax breaks. Oh, my gosh. He sounds like a college freshman who's taking his first government course. And then he, oh, man. So anyone who disagrees with him is a fascist. I'm so tired of this stuff. Look, there's a difference between a digital platform and like Jack White said, well, I would not allow the KKK to play at my club. Okay, but you let them commandeer your party. (laughs) Oh, oops. There's a difference between a digital platform and a club, just like there's a difference between what he thinks is fascism and actual fascism. Fascism isn't just what you hate, okay? Everything I hate is fascism. Everyone who disagrees with me is Hitler. It's not how it works, right? Because these are people who think that everything, overall progressives think everything. I mean, literally everything that they don't like is hate. So I think that makes them kind of poor arbiters of what is or isn't hate. I mean, they're really creative, but they're not creative enough to use the mute and block button on Twitter. Just, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. They don't have a, again, none of them, they got mad, angrier over this than they did the Iranian religious leader who rapes, has women raped if they protest against having their hair correctly covered. It's just, he's in a, he's there, they're never meet your heroes, people. They're Karens. Rock is, is, oh, is Rock dead? They're killing it. They're killing it. Stop. For the love. It's already dead. Stop. (laughs) It's like the Simpsons. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right, before we go to break, do I have time for this? I'm going to do it.
This is audio somebody for. So the in Fiji, their rugby team, this is amazing. They sing hymns before their matches, particularly one that translates to my prayer. And so they go, they're on the pitch before the match starts and they actually sing and they sound amazing. And they did it at the Rugby World Cup. Uh, this was just from like, a, what, I think about you know, 10 days ago. Listen to this. They're amazing. They sound amazing. Exercise and witness, man. And they sound amazing. This is so awesome. And there's there are there's so many videos through the years of them doing this. I think that's so awesome that they do it. I mean, you gotta be the other team, by the way. What a boss move. Are you getting ready to start your match and you go out and do that? I'd be afraid I was gonna be annihilated if I was in the other team. Like, oh my gosh. That's that's awesome. It's Fiji rugby team. Well done, gents. All right, we've got today in stupidity on the way, and we're going to finish out the Thanksgiving Eve Eve show. So you don't want to miss. Stick with us right back after this. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays noon to three p.m. Eastern time. And make sure that you go sign up for chapter and verse. That is my newsletter at Substack. A lot of good stuff over there take advantage of and uh we are rolling through finishing up our third hour here now just a some prog- a programming note uh because it's thanksgiving week i'm going to be back behind the mic with you on monday i was going to try to come in tomorrow actually and kane snitched on me because he's a snitch and snitches get stitches just it made you know theoretically yeah so the uh so i was and then they're like oh, go ahead and take the day go ahead and take the day so but i but you know as we always do every thanksgiving we're so grateful for all of you out there who listen you know every every day and who've been on this journey with us and have this you know ha- have this fun three hours this fun afternoon of fellowship because it's been i mean we all went through a lockdown together and then now we're we went we're going through all this economic turmoil together we're going through all this, you know, crazy election stuff and everything else together. This weird time of division and hyper tribalism. And I'm glad and I'm grateful this Thanksgiving that we get to go through it together. And you guys know I don't get like fuzzy, warm and fuzzy very often. So, you know, when it happens, remember it because it don't happen too often. But we are very grateful for all of you who uh, choose to spend your time with us and we're grateful i'm also grateful that you know for those people who subscribe to chapter and verse it's now i mean it's one of the top uh newsletters on Substack, and we have 
uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of subscribers and you all make it so enjoyable and as you can see we're already changing a few things there and so we're very very just very happy and very grateful for all of your support so thank you guys so much i wanted to save you with you know some good news too because there's so much bad news out there i was reading the story of how there was this uh, citizen, a new citizen from Cuba, who's so excited. He has this viral video out, and he is a UPS driver, and he got his first paycheck as an American, Yol Diaz. And he had this Instagram video. His wife, Marissa, shot it, and he said, in Cuba, you would get a paycheck, and you would never improve. He said, it's the same every day, year after year. He goes, this time I can finally dream, and I can help my family, and this is the first step in a new life. And I was thinking about this. I had a friend who just last weekend took the oath to become a, an American citizen, naturalized American citizen. And it, and it brings me back to what I've always said, that it doesn't matter. You, know, you can't go to France and be French, and you can't go to Cuba and be Cuban. And you, you can't go to Spain and be Spanish. You can't go to Italy and be Italian, but you can come to the United States of America, and you can become American because it's not language, and it's not ethnicity, and it's not a religion or anything else that unites people. The common denominator is that animating spirit of liberty, that wish, that desire to be free. And that's what makes someone an American. And there are people who are still risking their lives to come here to the United States. And as long as there are good people who appreciate and understand truth, as long as there are good people, like this guy in Utah, he jumped into an icy river to save a woman who tried committing suicide, and it happened at the same spot where he dated his first wife. Yeah. Where it, yeah. I mean, as long as there are good people willing and doing good things out there, and as... There, I, I think that that's one and as long as there are people who want to be free I think that you're always going to have that preserved and there's enough good people in this world to preserve it so I want you to to take heart this Thanksgiving because it's it's imagine it's 1944 and you're on your way to Berlin think of it like that if that helps you put it in perspective it's you know, it's it's we are very, very lucky that we live in a nation where we can and within each generation we can push and we can continue the fight for freedom and we can have impact. So be good neighbors, be good, be good stewards of one another and have a wonderful, blessed Thanksgiving. Thanks for all of you. And I will be back with you on Monday.